Hello and welcome to The Outer Frame, I'm your host Jason Sellers and on today's episode we will be discussing the final chapter of the X-Men films saga, Dark Phoenix, as well as ranking each of the X-Men films according to which ones are favorites and which ones are least favorites, and discussing the Three From Hell teaser. But first, let me introduce the best comic that's had the most awful adaptations that I know Donnie Nelson. They also kill. They, God damn it! They also call me the Killing Joke. <laughs> that I, I I messed up on the execution, but you got it, and it was never going to turn out very good anyway. So let's just keep rolling. I feel like the fact that you messed it up just makes it all the better. Makes it even better. Right on. Because uh, for the, for the collective Jace, our listeners, uh, this is the third attempt I think we've made. The first, the first was, one was on you. The second one was on me, and this one we're 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 keeping it in. We're doing it yep. live. We're just gonna keep going. Yep. That's that's not as big of a screw up that we have to go back and fix it. No. So let's stop talking about it and move on with our lives. Because we're talking about an X Men movie this this podcast. <laughs> we are. We're not in the nineties anymore or early two thousands, I should say. We're talking about the X Men's. Yep, talking the about X- the X Men, the X Women. Uh, although technically, this this movie's just called Dark Phoenix. There's no X Men Dark Phoenix. Yep, only just... just the X is circled, which uh, yeah. indicates that it is an X Men movie. Which I I. I can imagine a whole bunch of people would just be like, "Oh, they're just ripping off the X Men." <laughs> That's you Which know, because is... that was the symptom of the Dark Knight. Remember when it wasn't yep. called Batman, and everybody it was like, "Oh, the Dark Knight," and be like, "Everyone's ripping off Batman," because they didn't realize that it was actually Batman, and he's the Dark Knight. Yep. <sighs> okay, <laughs> let's move on. Um, what's even funnier about the logo thing is that. Just real quick, when during the movie, during the actual Dark Phoenix movie, the letter that they highlight when they do the opening title is the letter O. Yeah, <laughs> as opposed to X. Which o is the no opposite sense. of X. No, no yes. kisses, hugs only. <laughs> They're the kiss men. All right, Donnie, I have a question for you. What is the worst thing that you have seen lately? The worst thing I've seen lately is The Secret Life of Pets, which is a... One or two? I I will get to the second one uh, in a moment. <laughs> right. Thank you for Sounds ruining good. my momentum. No, the, the worst thing I saw this week was the first The Secret Life of Pets, which uh, is like not by any standards a bad animated film. Uh, I actually think it's 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 fairly in line and does pretty well uh, with the other stuff that comes out. Like I saw Home not that long ago. That's a kind of an older animated film that's kind of like in this new in this new like lineage of c- celebrity heavy marketing CGI films that uh, also include. Uh, indiscernible side characters that they use for marketing like the minions because this is by the you know illumination which is the minion studio um and uh you know what it's it's, it wasn't bad 
And, like, I didn't mind the characters. I liked where, like, it was a pretty standard plot. Like, you kind of saw where it was going. Um, and, like, there's never high stakes. You always kind of know where those things are going to end. Like, it's not <laughs> it's not an mm-hmm. X-Men movie, Jason. Um <laughs> And uh, you know, like it was, it was just, it's just a fun movie to watch. Uh, it, it, the the opening is kind of the way they advertise it, right? Like, isn't it just a bunch of little marionettes of what the animals are doing? Yeah, the the it's it's like at, immediately as the owners go uh, out to yep. work or go out somewhere, then like you know the the fancy poodle starts like banging its head to heavy metal. And uh, the wiener dog goes over to the mixer and knocks off the bowl and like lets the mixer like rub its butt, and yep. and then like you know the cats they just do. The cat, there's no secret life there. The cats are just assholes. Like that's the <laughs> that's the trick in that movie is that the cats are just uh, you know dinguses and they continue <laughs> to be dinguses as the humans leave. And then that's my secret. I'm always an asshole. <laughs> yeah, cap. Um, but yeah, it was, it's fine, but it was also the worst thing I've seen this week. Jason, how about you? Well, real quick, I was just going to say, I have seen like the first five minutes of that movie because I didn't make it into the actual plot. I just saw the little Yeah, like essentially the trailer. Is, is that basically the best part of the movie then, would you say? No, I, I feel like, uh, as much as, as much as, uh, CGI movies, kids movies are nowadays is like it's mostly you know you go to see it the adults mostly go to see it because they know the actors who are in it like i'm sure there are people who are going to see toy story 4 because keanu reeves is in it because keanu reeves is hot right now so you'll see or watch or play anything that has keanu reeves in it because that's he's like the hot thing this year this is the year of keanu and so when you put names like that on a CG film of which you only hear their voices, then their names are the most important thing because you can't see them. So, and mm. and also it's uh I would uh I would be remiss if I didn't say that uh the main character is voiced by Louis C.K. in the first Secret yeah. Life of Pets, who is uh I think. Uh, who does a good job, but for like a long time in the movie, I was just like, "Oh, is this Seth Rogen?" Um, <laughs> and then it turned, and then it just turned out that uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right, Louis C.K. did this." Who is like the scum of the earth? And then uh, I'll I'll get to the second one because I just watched that because it just came out. They replaced him with Pat Oswalt, and it's like, "Oh yeah, Pat Oswalt is probably a better <laughs> fit for that." And like. Pat Oswald is also responsible for maybe voicing my favorite anime character in like one of my favorite Pixar movies, which is Ratatouille, because he just like everybody knows him as Remy, and he he has a lot of stand-up material to go along with that. Oh, yeah. um, but also, like, it's just a better choice overall. He's just more energetic when it comes to voicing a character, mm-hmm. and also he didn't right. he didn't expose himself to women. Yep, that's also a plus. Also a plus. <laughs> All right. Well, the worst thing that I saw recently, I uh, went to see Godzilla: King of the Monsters. Ooh. 
and let me tell you, I was not excited, not enjoying, not enjoying Godzilla King. You did of not Monsters. enjoy your time with with Godzilla no. King of Monsters. I did not. It, it, no, I didn't. It was not good. I did not have fun. I would, and I, I will be totally upfront and say I was like really excited for this movie. I was jacked because the one thing that I really liked about the 2014 Godzilla was the like seven minutes of Godzilla that you got at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. where, where you get to see him fight the whatever they are. I forgot what they're called them, but those yeah, two they're the, random ass kaiju's something pods. I can't remember. Yeah, cephalopods. I don't know. No. Yeah, they. Uh, that was like the best part of the movie, and this movie just looked like it was an all Godzilla fighting Rodan and King Ghidorah. And yeah, it was like a WrestleMania them. or Battle Royale. Battle Royale, yeah. just like three rings, seventy monsters, and it does the same thing that the first one does in the sense that it gets hooked up on the boring ass humans and what they're doing and why and I don't care mm-hmm. and I I will say that like the cast for this one is a lot better like Millie Bobby Brown, Vera Firminga, Kyle Chandler whatever the guy's name is that plays Tywin Lannister um Charles Dance, Tywin. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then uh, Bradley Whitford. And Vera Farmiga. Yep. Who I I think I said. But, um, yeah, they're all much more enjoyable to watch on screen than Aaron Taylor Johnson and... uh, Brian Cranston. Oh. Well, I mean, Brian Cranston's great, but he's only in the movie for, like, ten minutes. Yeah, he's not in the movie for very long. Um... Oh, and uh, Ken Watanabe, Wantabi. He does, yeah. He can, he's the connective tissue, correct, between yep. the two films. Oh, and Thomas Middleditch is great. I love Thomas Middleditch. <gasps> Wait, <laughs> he's he's not being horribly insufferable in this film. I I will happily watch him in anything. He might be. Well, what know. about those? What about fun. those cell phone ads, Jason? Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Nope, I'll watch those too. I I'm just glad he's getting a paycheck. That's all. Like a steady Same. paycheck. Especially since uh Silicon Valley is ending this year. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, no. I I don't know. The there is a lot more monster stuff or kaiju action in this one, which is a plus, but the negative is that it's got a uh, Game of Thrones syndrome where you can't really see anything and it's all dark and cloudy the whole time. Okay. And so yeah, there's more happening but you can't see any of it so I don't know. I mean it's I I, I felt like it was kind of a wash like I felt really let down just because I didn't feel like it was any better than the last one. Hmm. Just because, like, yeah, the they had a much better cast, but and there was more, there were more monsters, but you couldn't see anything that was happening on the screen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I would say that, like, I don't want to say that the last good Godzilla movie I saw, at least that was produced over here, was Cl- Cloverfield, which was two thousand eight, <laughs> but it kind of was. Because, yep. if, I mean, if you really want a good Godzilla fix, I mean, they're continuing to make Godzilla films in 
you know, Japan, they just came out with, what was it, Shin Godzilla, I think. Uh, it was the newer one that came out, like, last year or so. And that that one just had rave reviews. Yep, you can also go find Final Wars and watch uh, Godzilla kill Zilla, the 90s Godzilla. That's so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I don't know. It just, it, I had super high expectations and... I knew that, like, even if the story was was bullshit, that at least the action would be fun, and that was where I felt the most let down. And especially because I was a really big fan of like Kong Skull Island, mm-hmm. and I really, w- I really wish that they had just let uh, or just made Jordan. I think his name is Jordan Vote Roberts. Uh, direct all of them because he 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 does the action good in Kong. So yeah. Mm. <sighs> oh well too bad whatever so yeah that was the worst thing in that i saw and it is not a good movie <laughs> all right so they they have oh like one more go at an american godzilla and then that well they pretty much already ruined it with the last few yeah well i mean they're because they're making the versus movie versus, yeah kong versus godzilla all right or something. Guess we'll see how that one goes. Right? And they've got a new director for that, too. Okay. I don't remember who it is, but... Oh, I feel like it's... I think it's Colin Trevor, but I know it's not. <laughs> so, oh well. Alright, uh, what's the best thing that you have seen recently? The best thing I have seen recently is The Secret Life of Pets 2. Uh, no. Yeah. Um, it's it. Funny enough, I like I said, I liked the first one. However, mm-hmm. I didn't think it was like any. It didn't do anything, uh, uh, crazy innovative over uh, any other like a Pixar movie. And some Pixar films have started to kind of uh, suffer from, you know, just doing kind of the same thing over and over again which okay it's sequels i mean we're at toy story 4 cars 3 was i i just don't like cars in the first place so that was a bad uh, example i didn't even have like i didn't even have the energy to try to watch like finding dory i watched monsters university once uh like any time that pixar does like a sequel uh i'm not really not really there for it um but secret life of pets 2 uh there are some like like there is an a story a b story and a c story it has the the lowered stakes of like a television animated show and it's very chill about what it's doing (laughs) like there's it doesn't do anything crazy but Every single time when I thought it was going to make one of those hard, like, plot turns that you expect in, like, animated movies made for children, every time I saw that, it's, like, like, the turn was always, like, a lot smoother than I was expecting, and the movie didn't actually take itself very seriously when it actually got to that point. It was just like, hey, you know what, we're not going to, like, try to, like, ham-fist some, like, heartfelt emotion here and we're not gonna like 
like, the thing that you think is going to happen and the thing that you were expecting us to say or do with these characters, we don't really care for that. So we're just going to be like, yeah, you know, yep, this character learns this thing. Because Harrison Ford is in the movie. That's the big addition to this film. <laughs> Besides Pat Oswalt uh, being uh, the replacement for Louis C.K. Um, and Harrison Ford is, like, surprisingly okay. Like I, was, I did not actually expect that. I didn't know that going into the movie. And he plays a pretty, uh, like... <laughs> yeah, what animal is he? He's like a Rottweiler or like a okay. sheepdog who's on a farm because they go out to the farm for like the first like uh, half of the movie. And then he like, like he literally is at the farm and when they leave the farm to go back to the city, he is... Uh, he stays at the farm like he's he's just this character who talks to the main character and like tells him not to be so afraid of the world and then that's it and and i was just like oh wow okay so like there's not actually it's just kind of like a fun adventure movie and like uh you know people changing and characters changing because like i feel like a lot of these movies are so obsessed with like this very specific point that you're trying to drive home and then these movie this movie at least in specific was like so nonchalant about its story it was like yeah characters are just doing stuff and we're going places and we're having fun jokes here <laughs> and there and honestly i appreciate that because like mm-hmm. i really don't like there's you go to enough movies or you watch enough movies and you have this like like rigid like three-act structure or just structure at all that i hate to a certain extent and uh you know the one place where you'd expect that to be like held to the most is in an animated kids film and they like they didn't try to like push anything down your uh you know throat they were just like yeah it's it's an anime movie what are you expecting from us (laughs) just like we're just gonna have some good jokes and some likable characters and then we out that's it. So that's <laughs> honestly, I mean, yeah. At this point, watching an animated film that doesn't like irritate me is like really good in my book. All right, sweet. What's well, what's the best thing you watched this week, Jason? On the opposite end of the spectrum, in the world of depressing shit, I. finally caught up with a film I was dying to see last year and that is I Think We're Alone Now which is the Peter Dinklage, L. Fanning uh, post-apocalyptic drama from last year where Peter Dinklage just is living by himself and thinks he's the only person left in the world and then L. Fanning shows up and he wants her to leave and she won't leave (laughs) And I thought it was going to be a comedy based on that description. And let me tell you, it is not. But that is 100% okay. Because the film that you get is phenomenal. And the, the, the director said that it was meant to be an exploration of trauma. And how people cope and deal in different ways. And I really, really liked it. And I honestly, you know, the the reviews for it weren't that great. And so I did not think that I would enjoy it near as much as I did. But I really, really liked it. 
So if you get the chance that to catch up with that, that film is phenomenal. Where can people I, catch this movie, Jason? Well, I bought it on Blu-ray. <laughs> so if there's a if there's a used Blu-ray store near you, I would check there because that's where I got my copy. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's available on Prime or Hulu, but I might be wrong. I don't know. I I feel like I looked before I bought it because I wanted to watch it before I bought it, and then I couldn't find it, so I just bought it because it was like five bucks. And I yeah no it's 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 a baller movie. I really really like it. And the end about I don't know two thirds of the way through they it takes a very interesting and strange twist that I did not see coming at all. And it's not that they fall in love and bang. Do they fall in love and bang? No. Oh, cool. Which is another abs. It's it's um in in the in the same way that uh that that like the the Shawshank Redemption is a non romantic love story. Right. Um. This is also a non romantic love story. Hmm. And about two thirds of the way through, it takes a very strange twist that I did not at all expect to happen, and really really enjoyed. Not not as bizarre as uh as uh sorry to bother you, but pretty good. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so Alright. Well, now that we've gotten that out of the way <laughs> Right on. Um let's get into first impressions of Dark Phoenix. Ooh yeah. So Donnie, what'd you think? You know what? I had pretty low expectations going into this movie. Um, because I was just like, oh my god, they're just doing the... I had heard all the stuff about how pretty much this was just them redoing uh, the Last Stand storyline. Where it's just like, oh, they're finally going into the uh, the dark, you know, the dark Phoenix arc. And they're doing this again because they're going back to the well because they don't know what else to do. And they're like, oh, this this is the most revered plot line. And be like, is it really? Do you have to? You don't have to. But they wanted to with this new cast. So uh, whatever, you know. Uh, do what you do. Um, as much as I was expecting to hate this movie, I can confidently say I did not hate this movie. Um... I'm not saying it was great, um, but I feel like it definitely took itself a little bit more seriously than the last film, and because, like, right away in Apocalypse, Apocalypse was such a, like, it decided to be goofy right away, like, they were trying, but they were, like, trying to sell it as something, like, really like really serious and like nothing about like uh oscar isaac in you know uh blue face yeah (laughs) in in like ivan ooze cosplay did anything but like make me laugh every time he was on screen especially when he did that thing where he where he like uh put that guy into a wall with all that sand and it with bad cgi and and like uh, all the random tubes coming out of him. Mm-hmm. 
Because, like, there was all these, like, photos, like, from uh, Entertainment Weekly when I was still subscribed to them. And it was just like, I was just like, is this how it's going to look? Is he, like, this old weird dude who's just, like... And, and like, there was all this stuff that came out. It was just like, oh, you you don't understand is like you know like you see these photos but it's not as like crazy as you think it is like in the in the context of the film and like you haven't seen the final film so like there's still stuff they can touch up with visual effects and i was just like no that's what you got in the in the movie it's just this purple man this purple blue man and i'm just like uh it was just so one note like uh he was just like i want to you know, destroy the world so I can rebuild it. And I was just like, shut up. Can't we just get like I'm gonna, a- re- I'm gonna recruit the most random ass four people to be my four horsemen of the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And one of them just happens to be Magneto. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, you know, this... Sorry, I know this is about Dark Phoenix, but like one of my biggest complaints about that movie was that um, in the realm of that world, like... Magneto, I get. He can control metal. That's awesome. That's super powerful. Storm can control the weather. Uh I get it. Psylocke has a sword. (laughs) She has a sword and an energy sword. I don't know. And Angel has wings. Why? He has metal wings. After the... Yeah. But why would you recruit either of them? It's like in Suicide Squad, where it's like... (laughs) You know, I get the dude that can turn into the giant fire monster. I get Deadshot. And then there's Harley Quinn. Yeah. Why? Because she's got spunk. Ugh. That's why, Jason. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I did. I don't regret <laughs> it. Uh, so, I suppose... So anyway, back to Dark Phoenix. In that, in that line... and No, back to Apocalypse. So, there was... <laughs> <laughs> let's let's our review of uh of of dark phoenix be just talking about every other x-men movie and then you just have to figure out where we think what we think of dark phoenix uh according to all these based, anyway based on that. to just to kind of put the kibosh on me like going into this really long tangent about other x-men movies is that uh this movie is not as bad as i was expecting it uh honestly does come in at under two hours long which i was grateful for because every other Mm -hmm. hero film lately has had to been like two or two and a half or three you know marvel i'm looking at you um and so uh like i said it's not the best structure this was edited to hell it was like test screen to hell like, it was bad originally, and then they had to, like, focus test it down to what we got in the theater. Because mm-hmm. I heard all that. Um, but honestly, what hit the screen, not as bad as I was expecting. I think all the actors do as admirable a job that they can. Uh, there are some weird character choices here and there. Like, I think with what they have, I think the actors did the best they could. Like, I don't think any of the actors should be at fault. Uh, other I, than Jessica think... Chastain. And then also, I'm glad that... I, I'm i Well, this is pretty much the last main X-Men movie before they're integrated into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, like, we won't have any more Jennifer Lawrence or any of these guys, but 
Yeah, she clearly did not want to be there at all. No. <laughs> Every single line was delivered just straight-faced. Right. No emotion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I and, and I love Jennifer Lawrence. Don't get me wrong. I think she's a great actress, but she did not want to be there. So at all. I mean, if if I just needed to kind of uh, kind of sum up what uh, my feelings are about Dark Phoenix, in one sentence would be is Dark Phoenix is still better than Apocalypse. So there you go. That's pretty much... <laughs> like, if you watch Apocalypse um, and then you go to Dark Phoenix, Dark Phoenix is obviously a better movie. It's more no, reined I, uh, in. I, I agree with you. And I I was also surprised because I did not like Dark Phoenix, but I did not like it near as much as I thought I would not like it. What? <laughs> I expected to hate this movie, and... Instead, I found myself just being like, well, that was that was dumb. <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> that was dumb. But whatever. Uh, yeah, no, you, you covered a lot of the stuff, and I don't know how much more I can get into it without getting into spoilers. So real quick, I just want to say that, to me, one of the, the biggest uh, failures of this film that you did not mention is the script is appalling there are so many flat jokes in this movie that and and dramatic lines that i i so the the jokes made me laugh because they were so awful and the dramatic lines made me laugh because they were so stupid um there's one in particular that I think we can get now into spoilers. So if you haven't seen Dark Phoenix, we are going to talk about it in detail. Heck yes. And so, you know, go go watch the movie or not. And uh, then come back and listen to the rest of the show. Or just listen to the rest of the show. I don't care. Bam. Um, so, but yeah, no. So one of the comments in particular that... Uh, made no sense is or that i really struggled with that i thought was supposed to be kind of dramatic is the there's a fight scene one of the fight scenes at the end of the movie when they're trying to get jean gray and she's stuck in the house and the lady is sucking power yeah she's trying to suck the power out of her Mm -hmm. and jessica chastain who was just uh, as randomly cast as the character is taken over <laughs> yeah. in the movie because aliens come to Earth and the only reason that the main alien is uh, disguised as Jessica Chastain is it's not a disguise at all. It's just a human disguise of just some random like rich woman who decided to go out and check on her dog and then the alien killed her and took her identity. That's, the only, that's as much thought like... You get Jessica Jessica Chastain is a good actress, but like mm-hmm. you honestly could have had anyone else take that role. Um yep. and uh and it would not have made a difference. No, and I think the only thing the only reason this is kinda gonna sound weird, but the only reason that you cast like a woman as the main villain is so that in marketing when all the characters are talking about oh my god she's gonna kill us all and you're like oh because they're talking about you know the woman villain who is jessica chastain um uh, as opposed to gene gray 
so there's the big spoiler there is that she takes the power from Jean and like she ultimately turns out to be the big bad in the very last mm-hmm. fight scene yeah so when they're in the house though and she's like sucking Jean Grey's power out of her and that she got from the space cloud and Charles <laughs> yeah. Xavier is trying to do whatever he's trying to do and that random lady with the knife turns to him and is like did you think you're the only one who can control people's minds or something like that uh-huh. and I mean clearly he can't be because Gene Grey can yeah you dumb dumb <laughs> like I don't know just, and maybe that's like nitpicky but oh my god there were so many lines in this movie that were so fucking stupid and so awful that it just like it made me cringe Mm-hmm. And, and also you know I'm going to jump around a lot but another thing that made me cringe so hard is the, the 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 movie ends with a shot on the sky and before that there's a monologue by Sophie Turner and she's talking about how um, uh, she's evolved beyond people <laughs> basically and then it, it shows uh, Charles and Eric playing a game of chess and then the camera pans up and you just see this giant flaming bird flying through the sky mm-hmm. and, and I was like what the heck Where? so she's just a giant flaming bird now <laughs> that's her that's her evolution well it's them it's them trying to call back to uh, the previous time when they did this in an X-Men movie and then but instead of the the lake it's a it's it's the sky and also they're not making any more x-men movies after this under fox so there's there's no they're not doing a resurrection arc yeah and i i also struggled with the fact that like we've seen her take the form of a phoenix in the last movie yes so the weird thing is like they say that she has this power but the reason why she like gets unleashed is because she has this weird strange space energy that when they're saving some astronauts they get hit with that energy and then she absorbs Mm -hmm. it all to save the other x-men and then all of a sudden she comes back and they're like you're different and be like she always had did you guys not notice at the end of the last movie that she had the huge phoenix coming out of her when she was like destroying apocalypse and not getting like worked up that she was like so powerful to like destroy apocalypse at the end of the last movie mm-hmm. hello yeah right i was and not only that but like yeah th- there's that there's the I, I, there's so much in this movie that makes so little sense right However, I will say that everything that, as as a watcher of the X-Men films over a lot of my life, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. I will say that their choices about their their universe has been so, like, scattershot in how to make sense of itself, even in its own, like, standalone movies. Like, movie to Mm -hmm. movie, it's incomprehensible. But, like, each movie, I feel like there's been... They... They have, they've been, like, oddly enough, very, like, consistent about not making sense in their own movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, at this point, like, there there obviously many logic leaps or even just, like, logical fallacies in a lot of, the, in this movie specifically. 
but like most of the time just like whatever let's just move to the next scene i don't want to think about what they just said which Mm -hmm. is completely wrong and just like move on and then let's see how the next scene goes like yep it's they they really tried to like it's almost like they don't know what the x-men are like they're moving away from I I don't get how they have or one of my biggest pet peeves too uh, with this film and with the X-Men films kind of in general is that they have such a huge cast of characters to call upon and there are so many cool X-Men and we get the guy with dreadlocks for a power uh huh whipping dreadlocks (laughs) that's that's his thing. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I remember watching it, and I was like, "Wow, I did not think you could make whiplash any lamer." But here we are. Uh huh. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> it just like reminded me of like, wait, what are they trying to do here? Is this Sonic the Hedgehog? Is this like <laughs> the, you know, uh, Otto Octavius? Like, what are they trying to do here? Um, but yeah. I don't know, like, maybe I was just so worn down by the last movie that I was just like, whatever, just hit me with it. I don't care anymore. <laughs> and just getting... On the plus side, there is no Wolverine in this movie. I so know, like, it, it only <laughs> took, like, every single film before... Every single film before this one to not have Wolverine in this movie. How does that work? Right. Oh, well. What do you do? Uh, do you... So... You take that as a plus, though, right? Yeah, because... No Hugh Jackman. I mean, uh, other than, like... Other than him having just, like, a random walk-on cameo, I feel like it would be really creepy to watch him try to hit on Sophie Turner. Yeah. <laughs> well, thankfully, the the only scene that they had together was in Future Past, right? Where he was Weapon X? No. Or that was that's apocalypse. That was apocalypse. That was apocalypse. Oy. That was that was the shoehorned scene in apocalypse. Oy. Yikes. Yeah. Okay. Oy, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, as it stands, like, yeah, it's a mess of a movie. I'm not saying it isn't, and like, and like, killing off Mystique was kind of like. It had been leaked for me. Like, I had already been spoiled to that, like, way before the movie came out. Oh, I immediately put it together. I mean, as soon as she says, she was my friend in the trailer, and then they cut to the grave plot. I mean, it's not Storm. <laughs> right. Yeah, who else are they talking about? So, that's, there's not many options. There's only two women on the X-Men. No, and who is the who other, was the main other star? Than Jean. Yeah, who's been the main star since first class? Like yeah. female wise. It's it's it was, you know, Mystique. So yeah, that's I don't know. It's But like now we're restarting good. over, so it's like all this stuff that's been built up to this point, it's all like closed <laughs> off. This is like technically the last x-men movie like that new one that's coming out new as in been delayed for three years the horror one comes out next Mm -hmm. year and that'll be the official last one released by fox but like what a bummer to go out on yeah right we couldn't even we couldn't even get one more quick silver sequence (laughs) 
I know, and that was another shitty thing, is that, you know, he's been the fun part, to, or he was the really fun part to watch in, like, Apocalypse. And his his segment in Days of Future Past totally stole the show. And then he's barely in this movie, other than, like, the beginning. He's not around a whole lot. Right. And I that's I'm assuming that's because he had other stuff going on. Yeah, I think he had like um, that that show Pose that he that he's in a lot. Yep, and an American Horror Story. And American Horror and, Story. Um just all the all the movies. And all the movies. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's the case other than the fact that like a, a Quicksilver sequence doesn't really make any sense in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like Apocalypse was kind of dour, but Days of Future Past was like this weird, like this like romp around all of like X Men movies and like or mm-hmm. like all the experiences you've had up to that point, and then having Quicksilver in there just like do his thing, which is ridiculous. Yep. Um, I, and then like I, I do- having like a sequence like that, like during the Jean Grey fight, probably would have been a little weird. But, like, mm-hmm. it would have been one more sequence with, you know, Quicksil- Quicksilver. <laughs> more more Evan Peters. Never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my one of my bigger complaints... Or, no, one of my bigger worries going into this movie was Sophie Turner because, you know, my main exposure to her outside of this and apocalypse has been game of thrones Mm -hmm. and i did not think she was going to be great in this movie at all and i was thoroughly surprised and wrong which made me very happy (laughs) because i thought she was awesome in this movie and i thought she did great playing gene gray and i thought the whole cast was great and you know that's that's like you said earlier that that is something and i I genuinely, you know, I'm a big fan of the comic, but and they and they did do they did some different things with uh, the Last Stand, and they did some different things with this, which I feel like this took some bigger steps away from the comic than Last Stand did, and you know what, I'm okay with that because we've gotten the story so many times, why not try something else? But the way that they do it um it just if it's it's one of those cases where they're trying so hard to make something so serious and so meaningful and it just feels silly yeah at least to me and that's my biggest issue with the film as a whole is just that like they are trying so hard to make me care about all this stuff and all of it just feels silly. And I just don't care. <laughs> um, and the biggest... There, there is no one um, you know, thing to blame, although I, I will go out on a limb and say that, to me, the biggest culprit is the script. Um, but, yeah, I, I just really struggled with this film and trying to trying to take it seriously yeah and yeah that's that's my thoughts on dark phoenix i don't know if there's anything we didn't touch on that you want to that you want to cover uh talk about but 
I want to say that, like, um, I feel like we don't talk about music in movies a whole bunch. And mm-hmm. I actually think this is a pretty good uh, Hans Zimmer score. Like, I think, like, what what he was dealing with, I think he was able to make actually, he actually scored uh, the movie pretty well. Um, he tried to, he tried to add as much gravity as he could to a situation when there Mm -hmm. was, like, absolutely nothing. Um, so, uh, I would say that's definitely something to listen to. Like, it, there were, there were, like, points in it where I actually got, like, some of that, uh, like, attitude that, uh, we got from the soundtrack or the um the original score to first class which first class is music is like so good like magneto's theme in that movie is like one of like my favorite themes in any of the x-men movies mm-hmm. um so like i i would say that that like it wasn't uh you know like a horribly generic uh soundtrack like they actually did some good things with it um so in that case yes i will i that one of the few times i'll actually bring up uh uh you know a soundtrack or a score but you know it does help it can't yeah, it does no. it, there are and there like, are instances where it hurts and this definitely did not hurt the movie yeah no and i mean like we've both talked about there are this this movie is not all bad things but there is a lot to not like and a lot about it that makes it hard to enjoy yeah it's all about like like curbing your expectations and Mm -hmm. uh honestly i enjoyed it because it felt like picking up the pieces from apocalypse so that's where i'm coming up from (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh and so like when when they did something so outrageous as that movie and then they they came back to something a little bit smaller like this is still a fairly like you know like this one person could destroy the entire world kind of plot line but um it it did feel a little bit more personal than than apocalypse and i appreciated that it wasn't mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so like i this is uh it just kind of like is a better taste in your mouth to leave off from the X-Men film franchise than Apocalypse being the last thing that you watch. Uh, so, I mean, um, that's saying something. Uh, you know what an even better taste to leave in your mouth is just Logan. Just stop there. Just stop at Logan. Yeah, you're right. Yep. <laughs> you're not wrong. All right. So speaking of that, uh, Real quick, I would go ahead and say that unless you are really jonesing for an X-Men movie, like like going back and just rewatching the good ones isn't doing it for you, I would not recommend you watch this. No, uh, for the price of admission alone, I would say no. I would say yeah. you should wait for a streaming service or something if you really want to watch it. Otherwise, there's been other superhero fare that far surpass it this year alone oh yeah or just read the comic which is a billion times better Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right so let's get into our rankings of the x-men films let's go ahead and start at the bottom and just throw out a line for our you know 
what what you liked or what you hated the most about whatever it is we're talking about uh-huh. and why that movie is there for you and then we'll keep going so why don't you kick us off with i don't even know how many movies are in the x-men series uh, is there one, i have a list of 12 one two three four five six seven eight nine ten either i can't count or i got to 11 or i'm missing one maybe that's also possible well let let us uh let me list off the x-men movies no, in I chronological I, order i can't count there's 12 you're right okay good <laughs> i was like right, uh so. i mean i'm sure you wish you have missed a few jason but anyway oh yeah you want me to start at number 12 number 12 number 12 my number 12 is the wolverine all right and you know why why because i actually don't remember anything about that movie <laughs> it's the most forgettable my number 12 is x-men the last stand because it's one of the few movies that made me actively angry while watching it okay so that that's a pretty good reason for it to be the very last thing on your list all right number number 11 do you want me to go again we're just going back and forth all right number 11 is x-men apocalypse um, why did they do that to Oscar Isaac? They just destroyed. Right? You take an actor that good, how you do it? How you do Number the thing you do? For me, is also X Men Apocalypse for all the reasons we've already discussed. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Number ten. Number ten. The original X Men. I'm sorry, but it is entirely horribly dated. You cannot go back to that movie. You can go back to that movie just be like, "Oh, haha, this is this is some early 2000s trash, you know, for superheroes <laughs> were a thing, but it is it's dated. I'm not saying it's horrible, but it did give us the line from Storm, you know, what happens <laughs> when a lightning strikes toad. a toad, yeah. Yep, what happens when a toad gets struck by lightning? The same thing that same happens thing. to anything else, and then zap. Is, yep. Oh my god, it is the worst thing in the world. Anyway, so stupid. yours, your number 10. Uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Mm-hmm. And the I, I for many people who know me, you know how much I hate this movie. And you're wondering, how could this possibly be better than Apocalypse or The Last Stand? And the reason for that is because, have you seen the pirated cut? Because that shit is fucking hilarious. All right. <laughs> um, number nine. Number nine. My number nine is Deadpool 2. This is probably... And I'm... We... we are very specifically talking about our favorite list. This is yep. our favorite. This is the order that we have them in. Yep. Uh, Deadpool 2 is just honestly more Deadpool, but I think too much Deadpool. And that's why it's at number nine. <laughs> number nine. Uh, my number nine is Dark Phoenix because of all the stuff that we already talked about, but also... Um, it, it's bad, but it's not as bad as the other ones I've already mentioned. And also, this is the last X Men movie that I think I would genuinely call bad. That I that I think is bad. All right, number eight. Number eight, X Men Three: The Last Stand. Uh, 
this movie is goofy and they tried to throw so many mutants into it and this was the last thing and they tried to make a wolverine you know uh he wanted to he was in love with Jean gray and he had to kill her and <laughs> uh and magneto like lost his power and and oh professor xavier di- uh, i don't know they were just they just needed to wrap up a trilogy and they got brett ratner to do it and then that exactly is the thing that happened so that's it all right uh what are we on number eight my number eight is the wolverine because the first five minutes are pretty awesome <laughs> wolverine rambo yep wolverine first blood <laughs> if only they had made that and not the rest of the movie yeah all right uh number seven number seven number seven lords of chaos uh my number seven (laughs) is dark phoenix it is like in my opinion almost in the middle of the pack so not great not well we listed off horrible things but also like you could do worse Mm -hmm. my number seven is deadpool 2 mostly because i mean i agree with you i think that this movie is a little too deadpool but they did a really great job. They did a much better job with Juggernaut. <laughs> and also... And also the, the fact that Juggernaut is also Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that, that's pretty And hilarious. his face is just giant Ryan Reynolds' face. <laughs> um, no, I was going to say, the uh, I, I can never remember his name, but the little kid from uh, Hunt for the Wilder People is in this and he's pretty fucking awesome oh yes so that too those two things make this movie worth watching all right mm-hmm. uh next one number six right number six number six uh number six. x-men 2 x x-men united uh <laughs> i per- this is for a long time been uh revered as the best x-men movie until you know, uh, recent years, and I think some people still stand by that, not pointing fingers, but uh, (laughs) honestly, it kind of gets roped in with what was happening with the first one, where it's just kind of dated now. They definitely kind of, like, refined it from the first one, and it definitely has a good structure to it, good actors like Brian Cox, how can you go wrong? Um, Oh, yeah. uh, But ultimately, and, like, just kind of like the characters well are well established it's the middle chapter it's the most exciting um so like honestly like a good movie just like i don't think i was ever personally attached to that cast mm-hmm. um so that's that's where it kind of lands on my list for those reasons okay i uh, my number six is the first X-Men movie. Um, mostly because a lot of the kid actors are just shitty. <laughs> the rest of the movie's solid. You're throwing you're throwing out you're throwing the kid actors under the bus. That's the whole Fuck reason. Those kids. Okay, fair enough. You heard it here first, folks. Right. Every everything else is great, but the rest of the, those kids, man. Man, they Fuck bad. Them. The bed. All right. Uh, number five. Number five. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now we're in our top five. Uh, so none of these movies are bad at all. Nope. Uh, nope. So number five for me is Deadpool because, hey, like, 
You remember when uh, Ryan Reynolds was always like, hey, I want to be Deadpool. Hey, Fox, I want to be Deadpool. Hey, <laughs> Fox, I want to be Deadpool. Hey, we made uh, 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 an FX reel of a scene for Deadpool, and then we had to leak it because no one at Fox wanted to make Deadpool. So then they leaked it, and everybody got like super excited about Deadpool, and then they made Deadpool and... Ryan Reynolds was the perfect one to be cast for that because they already <laughs> cast him in another movie as Deadpool. And then guess what? Turned out to be like one of the highest grossing radar releases like ever. And also mm-hmm. it helped kind of like 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 take some steam out of like the huge superhero train and kind of like inject a little bit of humor and be like, hey, all this stuff is kind of dumb. <laughs> Which <laughs> Deadpool is the perfect vessel for. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's just a fun, uh, it's just a fun rated R comedy. It's a good time. It is. All right. Uh, number five for me is what I have the sneaking suspicion is your favorite X-Men movie, which is uh, X-Men First Class. Mm. Um, <clears throat> we'll get there. Now, we will. So I, th- I feel like for me, this movie gets a lot more love than... I, I enjoyed it, if that makes sense. <laughs> P- people like this movie more than I do. Whoa! But that's okay, because uh, it's it's still pretty awesome. It is still pretty awesome. Only for so, Caleb, uh, uh, Caleb Jones-Landry. Yep. Yeah, I remember his name no, correctly. It's, Which is the... Is it is the, is the Oh, yeah. Caleb Landry-Jones. There you go. Yes. The, it's yeah, the only one so. he's in, so it it has to be the best right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's not forget so yeah, Kevin Bacon too. Yeah, and that's that. To, to be honest, that's the only part of the movie that I don't like. Kevin Bacon? No, it's just his death scene. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's that's the only part of the movie I don't. You like. don't like? Okay, fair enough. I just I just don't like how they did it. I, the, I thought the I think the editing and the shouting makes it weird. Okay, I see. I, That's all. Yeah, I get you. All right, uh, number four. Number four. Number four. X Men First Class. <laughs> oh, I was <laughs> you're, wrong. You're a little bit off on that one. <laughs> uh, considering the ones that I haven't spoken about yet, you you'll be surprised what's above it. Um, X Men First Class is just it's just good stuff. It, honestly, it's just kind of like the splash of like uh, you know like a fresh splash in the face of like cold water that the series kind of needed, especially after let's see the thing the the only movie separating the original trilogy and X Men First Class is X Men Origins Wolverine. So X Men First Class was definitely the way to rejuvenate that franchise since Fox still wanted to mm-hmm. do stuff with it, and man. That movie, they got Matthew Vaughn for that. I'm glad they did because, like, that movie has a certain energy to it that I was not expecting, and I got chills in that theater from an X-Men movie. How does that work? It's a, it's just a good movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is. All right, uh, this is pretty funny because my number four is uh, Deadpool, which I'm pretty sure was your number yep. five. <laughs> We're about the same there. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I just switched places. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, uh, Deadpool. It's funny. It's great. It's everything I wanted it to be. And, yeah, there you go. Yep. It was fun. It's good stuff. It is. 
It and and most surprisingly for me, it has aged well. Yeah, it is. It is fairly just because they stay so true to what Deadpool is. Because mm-hmm. I think like Deadpool two, honestly, like like I said, it's a little bit too much Deadpool. Like it's already been on both mm-hmm. our lists already. Mm-hmm. But like the first Deadpool is just kind of like this, this like perfect encapsulation of Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool as one being, and like pretty much doing the same thing that the MCU did with all their superheroes is like cementing an actor as a character in a universe and like completely and totally iconic and then from there like you can't not think of Ryan Reynolds when you don't when you think of Deadpool and that mm-hmm. that movie pretty much just cemented like that whole tone and him as Deadpool yeah all right so we're on number three number three x-men origins wolverine or as it's as it's known around some uh vegetarian groups uh x-men oranges tangerine uh and it's a good it's just i love trash jason i know you do. and it's good i will say if you have a chance please watch the rough cut Oh yeah. Because the rough cut is it's just there's so many just fun things to look at. It's just like that's mm-hmm. something that should have been put on uh the DVD or the Blu-ray because I would love to have just like an upresed or even like horribly like like resolution copy of of the of the and there's ways that you can acquire that. But even mm-hmm. even the main film is just so goofy that it's uh, that it like can't be denied. Like they did such weird things with the character that like like an adamantium bullet. Are you serious? That's how he lost his memory. Are you yep. serious? Are you serious? And then also apparently, and it's the first Deadpool movie too, and they really. <laughs> they really did a number to what they were trying to do with Deadpool. Man, it was bad. But, like, I can't say it's not entertaining to watch. I watched a video essay on uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine where they used the um, Deadpool 2 ending for X-Men Origins Wolverine. And I didn't realize that. <laughs> like, I didn't know that going into it. And it just killed me <laughs> like i was laughing so hard <laughs> uh, yeah it's um, pretty good all right so yeah no i the, the one thing that i do want to say is if, if you need any more uh incentive to try to track down the rough cut one of my favorite things in the whole world is in that version of the movie and it's when it's a it's there there's a fight scene and hugh jackman goes to jump and it's like normal movie, and then it jump cuts to like five guys picking him up, and he's got this harness on, and he's wearing tights, and there's like all these wires attached to him, and they're like moving him across the screen <laughs> while he's like trying to look like Wolverine, and oh my gosh, it, and then it j- jumps right back into like him doing fight scene stuff, and it's amazing. <laughs> So it's just like some theater shit, bro. <laughs> yeah, watch that. All right, my number three is X Men Two X uh, X Men United, which I think has the worst title out of all of them. <laughs> um, I don't know. Dark Phoenix is pretty bad, but 
Yeah, uh, X2. It's fun. It's great. I am a huge fan of Brian Cox. I really am a big fan of the God Loves Man Kills uh, comic book arc. And, yeah, I, I thought they did a great job with the movie. Even though they make a lot of changes, it, I think it all works. Yeah, I think definitely a lot smarter movie than I think anything we could have gotten out of a superhero movie that was just kind of just a smart sequel to what the first X-Men was. And it's it's also one of the it's also one of the first like really good superhero movies to make some serious changes to you know the story that they're adapting and it works 100%. 100%. So, that's my number three. Right on. Number two. Number two. My my deuce. Uh, my number two is going to be X Men: Days of Future Past. Ultimately, because it is, I feel like this is probably the closest thing the X Men uh, films ever got to, like an Avengers, uh, like Infinity War. Um, where the closest they got to that because like they could do so much. It's about the the current cast and then the new cast mm-hmm. from first class, uh, pretty much being in the same film. They don't really interact other than Wolverine because Wolverine has to be the freaking linchpin of like most of the X Men movies because they mm-hmm. love P- they love Hugh Jackman so much. I I love Hugh Jackman. Don't get me wrong, but Hugh Jackman is in every X Men movie and I'm sick of it. Um. But, like, you see, like, you see the history between these characters in the present timeline and how devastated that timeline has gotten. And you're like, wait, is this supposed to be the timeline from what universe again? Where are the logistics mm-hmm. of the past movies? You're like, don't forget about it. Just enjoy it. Just sit and watch and enjoy this movie. And then also you get, like, uh, Wolverine, like, interacting with the younger versions of these characters that he's known and then all the fun with that, and then you get Quicksilver, and you get all these just really fun set pieces. Um, I I honestly think some of the stuff with Peter Dinklage's character goes a little like I think he's maybe the lowest part. Oh wow, I said that didn't I? I think he's probably the lo- the low point in in the movie. Like I think some of his porno stuff. <laughs> Oh, that's good. And also the logistics of how Mystique can switch into a Peter Dinklage. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Peter Dinklage, yeah. but I was just like, uh, it's just it was just so fun of a movie. Like they mm-hmm. they really were having so much fun making that movie and putting it together. And they once again took a storyline that like nobody was expecting to be like like adapted. Like mm-hmm. what you're doing? Days of Future Past? Are you literally calling it the movie Days of Future Past? Yes, we're doing Days of Future Past. And they did Days of Future Past and you're like, alright, right on. And uh like uh like X Men Origins Wolverine, that also has another cut that I would suggest over the theatrical one. It's it's not substantial, but it is called the Rogue, the Rogue cut. cut. Yep. It's called the Rogue yeah. Cut for a reason because Rogue is not in the theatrical version and Rogue is in that one and she doesn't actually do a whole bunch but it's just like it's the thing that you do when you watch the extended editions of uh, Lord of the Rings Mm -hmm. 
is like you just get a little bit more time with these characters that you've like just just want to spend more time with before you know they're done yeah and this this is a fun change because it's definitely something that they like you can tell that it's not just something that they go through and edit rogue into a couple of different scenes they actually went back and shot some stuff to make the movie more appealing to fans and i just thought that was really cool Mm-hmm. But yeah, Days of Future Past is great. All right, my number two, which I don't think I've heard you say, so that means that we've had another uh, case where we've got we switched them both swapped. Yeah, yeah. which is Logan. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, no, I can sum this up easily. I love westerns. I love the old man Logan arc, and I love obscene violence so check 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 yep 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 (laughs) there you go it's it's all i needed and also you get steven merchant Uh, there's just good casting all around in that movie everything in that everything in that movie is perfect Mm mm-hmm it ain't bad nope not at all which is why number one is Logan for me. <laughs> it's 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 just uh, honestly, I'm pretty sure you thought I was probably gonna do like uh, first class or like Days of Future Past as my number one, but nope, I thought it was gonna be first class. Okay, oh, just for <laughs> so definitely I already explicitly said. Okay, <laughs> uh, I, but it's just one of those things that uh, like. Just a moment ago, I was kind of, like, belaboring the fact that, like, oh, God, we have Hugh Jackman in every single X-Men movie. Just settle mm-hmm. down. And the last two Wolverine movies, like, oh, Origins is pretty high on my list, but it's not high on my list for good reasons. Um, <laughs> but, like, Logan is, like, the one time where they decided to, like, go all out on, like, what mm-hmm. if we just made this, like, horribly realistic and we just, like we make it rated R and we just make Mm -hmm. it this horrible, like Western noir, like nothing is good. Nothing good is going to happen here. Everything is depressing. And this is not your typical superhero movie. This is like, it's just, it's just one of those movies where it's all character. Like no, no, like it's, it's, uh, it's essentially Hugh Jackman, finally getting like his his time at like getting an oscar for playing this superhero character that he's played for like like uh over a decade at this point mm-hmm. and uh like it looks good it sounds good all the acting is great the story beats are like they shock you they're it's simple there's it's yeah it's nice and simple they're just trying to get somewhere honestly the whole like thing at the beginning is like Wolverine, the only reason that he's, like, doing this menial job is because he wants to get enough money so that he can take Professor X, who is, like, uh, has, like, he's, like, has Alzheimer's, or, Mm -hmm. and he just wants to take him out on a boat so he doesn't hurt anybody. Like, they're gonna buy a boat, and and then, like, everything just kind of derails from there. But it's all just, like... It's all, like, they put all the gravitas into one movie, 
and that's the movie that they did. I was not expecting that because it's the same guy who did who directed him in the Wolverine, and the Wolverine. It's number. It's it's my least favorite movie, and then <laughs> and then it's so weird to have the same dude direct a movie that is number one on my list. See, but I I, I think that's. I think that speaks to the one part of the Wolverine that you and I both enjoy is like the very beginning and Logan feels very much like somebody told him, Hey, or somebody told the studio, Hey, that part of the movie was really good. And they were like, Oh, Hey, that guy or James Mangold came up with the first five minutes of the movie. Why don't we just let him do a whole thing? Yeah. Yeah, just just continue on with this tone for an entire movie. And he did, and it was awesome. Yep. And like it didn't it didn't make me feel particularly good because spoilers, it is the end of that character. Like the yep. character who never dies, they finally give a, like a fitting end to. And it is yeah, it is it's dark and it is depressing. Mhm. Although I don't know that it's quite, I don't know that it, it bummed me out quite as much as the actual comic did, but it's a, uh, oh my god, that movie's so good. All right, my number one is Days of Future Past. If you haven't figured it out, and it's because I think Days of Future Past is just friggin' perfect. You get the best of both worlds. One of my favorite lines ever uttered in any superhero movie ever, in just the way that it's. State said so blatantly is when uh, Nicholas Holt as Beast turns to Hugh Jackman as Wolverine and says, in the future, do I make it? And he just says, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, and, bub. <laughs> and there, there's just so much in this movie that could have gone so terribly wrong and it all went so well and I absolutely love it, and I love the way that it turns out. And you, you that's also we kind of talked about earlier. It's the it's the movie that introduced uh, Quicksilver to the X Men universe, and that that one scene is still the best Quicksilver scene in my my opinion. And I just there is nothing about Days of Future Past that I don't absolutely adore. So. That's my favorite X-Men movie. All right. So real quick, before we get into the end of the show, uh, the Three from Hell trailer teaser dropped today. And for those of you who are unfamiliar in the collective Jace, that is the trailer for the new Rob Zombie movie, which is somehow a sequel to The Devil's Rejects. Mm -hmm. And if you're wondering why we're confused, I don't care if I'm spoiling this for you because that movie is over 10 years old, right? Yes, and also will ruin Freebird for you forever. (laughs) Um, It's also uh, my favorite Rob Zombie movie. And... Uh, which isn't saying much because I hate most of his movies, <laughs> but um, they all die at the end. <laughs> yes, it is. And I mean, they actually like they don't. I'm sure it was budget reasons why they didn't like actually do that entire thing. But like, because mm-hmm. they had like still frames of like their entire bodies getting riddled with bullets in the vehicle mm-hmm. that they're driving towards the blockade of the police that are just firing yep. like hundreds of rounds into them they 
they are very, very dead at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I agree. I think the only reason we didn't see the freaking car explode is because of the budget. Um, but yeah, no. Um, so the teaser dropped, and I'm kind of bummed because I was really hoping that they were going to run with the Devil's Rejects thing. And that they were going to go down to hell and Satan was going to be like, uh-uh, you get back up there. And it looks more like somehow they survived yeah. their encounter. Unless for some with- reason, like, Rob Zombie decides to go, like, high concept and, like, they're in purgatory, which looks like a normal prison, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but unfortunately this is Rob Zombie we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, he, I mean, like... If anything, he has always been, like, super literal about everything he does. Like, he's, mm-hmm. he, he's, I'm not saying he doesn't have some subtext, but I think it's accidental. Like, that's coming from yep. someone who likes some of this, like, a lot of the stuff that Rob Zombie does. Especially yep. uh, his trailer in the middle of Grindhouse. Um, oh, yeah, that's great. Which is great. But, like, there is no subtlety there. There's no subtext so, like, nope. what you... Of the very little footage that we see in that teaser, I'm sure it's all, like, very literal. It's like, it's they're in prison, in prison, and, like, <laughs> I don't... And then somehow they get out of prison, and then Danny Trejo is there, because Danny Trejo... <laughs> Danny Trejo yep. was in Dell's Rejects, um, yep. and, and as was Diamond and, Dallas Page, which is... And he makes he, he makes a very prominent appearance in the in the teaser for this movie because mm-hmm. he's like he, <sighs> i think they had him as like oh no that was ken forey um that was like uh sid Haig's captain insano uh, as yep. uh, like like cousin or something or brother um from another mother uh but yeah i'm i'm i'll watch it i mean i Same. watched 31 we talked about that a few podcasts ago and you mm-hmm. you <laughs> I was surprised how much I enjoyed 31. Yeah. Well, mostly just because of the the one actor, right? The, the, the guy that, yeah, the guy that played Doomhead is awesome. Mm-hmm. And so should... I guess we'll see where this goes. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, he he has been doing some interesting stuff. I mean, his Halloween sequel, even though I didn't like it, like it was at least different mm-hmm. from a lot of the other stuff that they've done with those characters. And um 31 was fine uh lords of salem was kind of interesting he did that right yes i that's funny enough that is like the one i have not watched i mean i i think i think most of the movies that he's made that i absolutely hated um are from the earlier part of his career yeah I, i cannot i cannot finish uh house of a thousand corpses just because there is so much stuff in that movie that I have never wanted to see, and he is such a bad writer. I mean, we've talked about this. Um, <laughs> also, that movie, like I said, I uh, have recently gone back to, and I watched all of House of a Thousand Corpses, and like, bad writing and stuff aside, I mean, Bill Mosley is just amazing. Like, I, I love that man. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, there's only so much unlikability that you can deal with it varies from person mm-hmm. to person, but also it was Rob Zombie's first movie, and he is definitely like trying to be as like as extra as possible. <laughs> um, yeah, that whole movie is extra. Yeah, 
it's a lot oh and also like the the main there's there's two girls who i don't remember but then there's two guys who are like victims mm-hmm. in that movie and they're played by chris hardwick and rain wilson really yes that's weird so if you want to see rain wilson in a <laughs> rob zombie movie i don't thank you it's a it's it's a it's a ride for sure <laughs> all right so uh yeah that's we just wanted to that, that that we just i noticed that that had come out earlier today and we wanted to talk about we it. we had a mutual interest in it <laughs> yep so there's our reaction to that i'm still gonna watch it i don't know if i'll like mm-hmm. it but whatever all right so let's get into plugs um please follow me on twitter at argue with jason because i've finally broken down and gotten a stupid twitter because my wife won't argue with me about pop culture stuff anymore she's sitting in the corner nodding in agreement (laughs) and i need someone to argue with me about stupid pop culture bullshit validation validation (laughs) i don't even want people to agree with me i want you to specifically disagree with me uh, so that I can argue. Also, I, as I mentioned before, I am currently in pre-production on a short film that I am going to be shooting at the end of July. Or no, yeah, at the beginning of July. And so we are working on putting that together right now. So you guys can look forward to that. Um, yeah. Donnie? Sorry, I didn't realize you were yawning. I feel like a real dick now. No, that's okay. Mid-yawn. That's cool. Uh, I don't have very many plugs other than the fact that if you want to, you can follow me on Twitter. I don't actually do a whole bunch. I retweet something cool every once in a while. Uh, that Twitter would be at uh, the third, which is D-O-G-E-O-N-T-H-E, the number three, and then R-D. Um, so, you know, I follow people. I retweet them. And then uh, I would say that, you know, we have somewhere else that you can, I mean, you can try following me or friending me on Facebook, but I don't really care. But that's about all I have. (laughs) All right. Well, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on... Oh, man. I don't know what's going on with me right now. But I'm having a hard time breathing. Follow us on Instagram and yeah do that and then review us and give us please give us good reviews and either tell the truth or lie you know because good things (laughs) (laughs) also i also (laughs) like to thank uh caitlin industries which is currently me for editing the show i'd like to thank dr tub thumper for doing the musics i'd like to thank preston alexander doing the arts Pralex for doing the arts and I'd like to thank uh, no one else that's it I don't have anyone else to thank now you're all ungrateful yeah you little bastards, you little bastards. Uh, also I think we've kind of come to a, a firm date setting on this but uh, you haven't by chance watched source code yet have you what 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 is that movie <laughs> no alright then what about alpha huh no. nope nope okay alright alright the earth so. keeps on spinning Jason 
people continue to clamor. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, go out there and watch movies. Hey, yo. All right. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Watch movies.